This is Performance Time, the show about human beings and performance engineering. I'm Stephen Townsend. Today we'll be talking to Alan Gordon, who's a performance specialist with over two decades' experience. Alan's based out of Switzerland. He's also worked in the UK and throughout continental Europe. Yeah, thank you, Alan, for um, taking the time today to have a chat about performance engineering. And um, I know we've chatted before, and uh, you've got you've got a particular interest in the stress and anxiety part of the work, which we're going to focus on today. Thanks. Hi. Thanks for having me. How, how did you get into performance engineering? Well, um, like a lot of people in the 90s, um, totally by accident, you could say. Uh, I came straight from university um, at the end of my master's year with my grant funding running out uh, and a desperate need to get a job. So I sent CVs out and um, somebody called me, uh, an agent called me and said, uh, have you ever heard of something called Load Runner? I said, no, not at all. And he said, well, would you be interested in giving it a shot? Uh, I said, if you want to pay me for it, I, yes, I'll, I'll do almost anything. So I went for an interview and got the job. Uh, this was with an electricity company in Scotland. And I was doing performance testing with Loadrunner and also GUI automation with Windrunner that was the, the sister tool of Loadrunner then. And being back in 1997, this was Loadrunner version 4, I think. I even saw Loadrunner version 2.0 discs sitting around. Wish I'd held on to them. It would be a, a museum piece now. So it was completely by chance. And by chance, it turned out to be really well suited to what I had studied, which was a, a mixture of computing science and psychology intended for a career in artificial intelligence. Uh, and I think the, the, the psychology part was uh, as useful as computing science when it comes to of testing in general and, and performance testing in particular. So you obviously had quite a uh, extensive career and you've had a lot of experience in performance engineering. Do you think that performance engineering is uh, any more stressful than, say, an, another role in technology? Well, yes, I think it is a the more stressful end of the, the spectrum, yes, uh, compared to your average technology roles. I think uh, especially so when combined with consultancy, which is what I do for uh, more than two decades, uh, I've been uh, basically a performance testing consultant. There, No doubt there are other IT roles that, that are stressful and, and it depends on the, the individual person, the individual role. But yes, I, I think we, I would say that there are a number of factors that make performance engineering quite unique. And I think that's a good uh, flow, flow on to the next question, which is, you know, what, what is it about this performance engineering stuff which makes it so stressful? <laughs> yes, there are quite a, a number of different factors. And of course, they will be different for each person, each company and so on. But probably if I list them, they will sound horribly familiar to a, a lot of people. Firstly, it's pretty high risk activity. A failure in performance could even potentially take down a whole company or, or lose people's jobs uh, or lose a company a large amount of money. So it's important that it's done well. But despite that, that is underrated as a, 
as a priority in a lot of companies. And so there's not enough time, attention, investment given to it. This, those two factors, I think, lead to a feeling for a lot of performance engineers that they're fighting against the odds, fighting an uphill battle, or that even if they do the best possible job, then things might still not go that well, or their best efforts might not make any difference in the long run, and that increases the stress. Another factor is that performance testing is very complex and takes a lot of effort you always seem to be trying to cover a huge number of things. And that leads to time pressures. For example, many people are trying to cover several applications or several different projects, and you're having to split your time between different projects, different teams. And that kind of thing, it leads inevitably to working longer hours and then becoming physically and mentally tired uh, and making mistakes and so on. So again, big stress factors. Uh, going on, one of the sheer difficulties is the complexity. Um, we were trying to find causes of performance issues. There, there are so many different layers and so on. You're searching in, in many different dimensions. That may not in itself be stressful, but when it comes in the context of the other things that I just said, then you have a lot of these things that start to nag at you. And so trying to do a really complex activity when you're when you're tired, when you've been working long hours, uh, and maybe when you're not getting uh, enough support from the management, and when you're doing something that's very high risk, then it's adding all of these little things that accumulate and then make it very difficult to, to do the job, I think, for the performance engineer. All right. Um, expectations can also be unclear, I tend to find, both at the low level in terms of the non-functional requirements, the expected performance of the application, but more importantly in terms of what is required from us as performance engineers. The job specification is kind of unclear in a lot of ways. That is perhaps because a lot of the time management, the people who are, are managing us, don't really know what it is that we're doing. So to say a couple more factors, I think it can be quite lonely profession. I am lucky enough to work for a, a dedicated performance engineering company, but there are many of us out there who are more or less working on their own, being that, that one person in the office who does the performance stuff, uh, or, or if you have colleagues, but they're all working on different projects. So maybe you're the only person on the project who, uh, who's, who is working the performance side. So, we're quite often working on our own with not much support, uh, not many people around to back you up or to uh, sympathise with you. And in that situation, then uh, we are quite often then dependent on other people to help us out, to give us the things that we need, the, the functional knowledge, the environment support, the access to things. I always find I'm trying to persuade people who I don't know, who don't know me, uh, but I, somehow I have to persuade them to take their time out and, and help me. Uh, and that, this is a, uh, a very difficult thing to achieve. Especially if so, you're a, coming as a consultant and no one knows who you are yet, say it's a, it's a new client and you don't have those relationships yet. I've, I, I <laughs> always struggle with that. Uh, you, you're going out and asking maybe 10 or 20 different people questions and they're like, well, who, who are you? And, you know, why, why should I answer your question? 
Absolutely. Yeah, this is, I think, the, the the single most difficult thing about being a consultant. And sometimes I feel it is very masochistic. Like, uh, why is it that I've gone in for this profession where I spend so much of my time trying to persuade people to do things that they didn't really want to do? So, of course, there are a lot of benefits as well. But it's this lack of control, which is, uh, I think, a big stress factor. In, in general, I mean, the, a cause of psychological stress is not having the control over the, the thing that you're you're tasked with achieving. It's not surprising if performance engineers feel a bit stressed about this. I will add another thing, as uh, which is, as a consultant, then we may not only be able to, to focus on the job itself, like the technical aspects, but we also have to think about um, pleasing the customer, getting extra business, uh, uh, making sales and so on, um, keeping the client relations good. So there are all of these different factors piled up right from the, the technical bottom end, uh, right the way up to the, the, the business side of, of profit and loss, which really summarizes for me what being a performance engineer is all about. It's, it's having to cover everything uh, a little bit rather than being able to say focus in one area like a, you know, a developer might do and think, okay, I program stuff, that, that's what I do. Uh, but I think a good performance engineer has to take an interest in so many things that it does become quite difficult to, to keep track of everything. So many different stress factors. I think there's, there's one there for everybody. Yeah, I, I totally agree with uh, when, when I was a consultant, I've been out for a couple of years now, being exposed to the sales side of it, understanding what your hourly rate is and how, how what percentage you need to be billable in order to be profitable and uh, yeah, all those kinds of and the, the client interactions and pre-sale, that was, I guess for a lot of people who are technically focused, that's a difficult kind of pressure to manage. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think that does contribute to uh, to extra stress and, and to burnout, which is one of the things uh, I was wanting to talk about. You mentioned context switching in, I think, one of the previous podcasts you did. And this is the major, major factor for me is having to switch from unrelated task to unrelated task again and again, not just between different projects, let's say, to you know, writing scripts, executing tests, uh, and so on. But having to then having to think about meetings, making presentations, all this kind of business type of things. Uh, then having to switch back to trying to get some script working again. Uh, then looking at jumping into some database analysis. All the while feeling that you you don't have time to do any of those things justice is probably, for me personally, the single biggest stress point that you can get. We were talking previously and you mentioned that you'd had some kind of internal session related to stress. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So we have a regular internal webinars at, uh, at Aldersys and usually about technical topics. But one of my colleagues, Arthur Loimis, is... Uh, interested in this area of, of stress and looking at the its effects on our job. So totally by coincidence, uh, just a couple of months ago, we decided it would be a good idea to have uh, one of the internal talks about stress, how to manage it and generally talking about 
the effects on performance engineers. And we had a good discussion and ended up having a second session, so much so that I thought we could make a, a great uh, public webinar about it. But now, Stephen, you came along and, and stole our show with your podcast. So, Sorry. <laughs> so Arthur led these sessions and started by talking about uh, the emotional intelligence and how to deal with stress by applying the emotional intelligence. So it's understanding the, what your factors are that are, are stressing you and then trying to deal with negative emotions. So one of the concepts is there's this kind of ladder of emotional intensity, uh, both positive and negative. So the, the worst possible feelings are things like the fear, despair, powerlessness, and then slightly uh, not quite so bad, sadness, grief, hatred, anger, and so on. So there are techniques that psychologists can use to, to help people to overcome stress. Uh, one of them is by not trying to say, turn a really intensely bad experience into a, a great experience. It's simply not going to happen, but just trying to think about that and move up that ladder one step at a time. So uh, instead of being angry, then turn that into uh, something that's a little bit better, like disappointment. And so things like uh, these techniques that you can use to, to try to make the stress situation not as bad. Isn't it amazing that we go through school and university and I don't remember ever hearing about anything like this, yet it's, I, I pretty much don't know anyone who works in IT who doesn't get stressed out. It's <laughs> obviously a skill, a skill set around this that we don't tend to be taught about. Yes, uh, actually, having mentioned that I studied psychology at university, I actually did a, a module on stress, but it was more about the, the, the physiological symptoms of stress. At that time, I can remember distinctly that I was coming up from my final exams at the time and I had had this massive pain down the left-hand side of my neck and shoulder. And then the, the, the lecturer in the, the lectures about stress then said at one point that one of the signs of, of stress, a common sign, was to get this pain down your left uh, shoulder and neck. And I was actually sitting rubbing it uh, at that moment because it was so sore. It was a massive shock to me that to think that this, this is because of stress. And sure enough, uh, a couple of months later, when I finished my final exams, that pain went away and, and never came back. Yeah, it, it would certainly be a good idea to, to teach people more about this, especially as the way that work is going, the way that society is going, unfortunately stress is just is getting more and more common not only for us performance engineers but generally as uh, the pressures of work and pressures of society um, seem to just keep intensifying moving on to the the next question uh, what's a particularly stressful situation that you've found yourself in and, and more like what happened I've had uh, numerous examples over the years, ranging from uh, kind of innocuous things to much more intensive things. I guess that the point is that stress factors are, are totally in each individual's mind as it's a psychological thing. So logically, what I find very stressful, then another person might not be bothered about at all. It really depends on, on what the individual thinks. And so it certainly doesn't help when someone else explains to you, oh, you don't need to be stressed about that because that's only their point of view and the stress is in your mind. So when I was younger, for example, back when I was a student, I was very stressed about doing presentations, as many people are. 
and so I was even at the point where I would be feeling sick if I had to stand up uh, in front of people and and give a talk or something like that. But it was it was necessary because we had to do this to present our final thesis in in front of a crowd. So uh, I, I went in for it and feeling sick all the way and did what was no doubt a terrible presentation, making uh, all the, the mistakes in the book of how not to present things, turning around with my back to the audience, pointing at the slides, mumbling to my feet, all this kind of thing. This was, I can remember, as an early big stressful event for me. Then not long after that, probably a, a year or so later when I actually started my first performance engineering job, I was also quite stressed at the idea of going into meetings with people I didn't know, older, more experienced people who looked quite intimidating, or joining conference calls, uh, calling people on the phone and so on. Coming from being a kind of fairly introverted, geeky student who, who had never done that sort of thing before, then all of those things uh, seemed quite difficult and stressful. And in my first week at work, sure enough, I got assigned a task to call someone up from the, the vendor of the software we were testing. My team lead said, just call them up and find out all about this, the new version of the software that we have to test. Now, of course, I didn't know anything about the, the software we had to test or really how to test it or, or what questions I had to ask and so on. So I was massively uh, stressed out about that, just purely the thought of calling uh, some person up I didn't know, asking them questions about something else that I didn't know anything about. So eventually, my boss took the phone, just dialed the person's number, uh, waited till it was ringing, and then just when it was answered at the other end, just handed me the phone, <laughs> leaving me to kind of stammer with huge embarrassment into the phone and, and have great difficulty in expressing who I was, you know, what I was calling about. That is and so mean. I was, very, <laughs> that is cool. I was very embarrassed because uh, I said, well, you know, can you tell me a bit about this new version? Uh, and the first thing that the guy said was, well, have you read the release notes? And then, of course, in my small student uh, stress point, I had to admit that I hadn't. And he said, well, I suggest you go and read them then. <laughs> so it was, very, it was a fair point. But uh, I can look back and laugh about it now. Uh, but yes, it, it took me a while to, to get over these, these stressful events. Before you were saying that everyone has their own experience of stress and different things stress different people. Uh, getting up in front of a crowd of like a thousand people and talking, it, like, that's not such a problem for me. Yeah, I get nervous, but I don't stress about it. But meeting one new person, like even in a work context, is much more stressful for me. I find that much uh. more intense. <laughs> yeah, well, it took me quite a few years, but eventually uh, somebody told me that, that this feeling of nervousness inside, uh, which I still get uh, almost any event, but I now realize to see that as a, a positive thing. So to think, well, oh, so I'm feeling nervous about this, about this, you know, meeting that I'm about to have. Okay, that's good. It shows that I actually care about it. It shows that my, my body is uh, giving me some adrenaline, getting me uh, pumped up to to think faster or do whatever needs to be done a bit like the this emotional uh, ladder that i mentioned earlier uh, it's it's turning the fact which is that you know my heart's beating a bit faster uh, I, i'm starting to feel uh, like pacing up and down uh, instead of feeling scared about that using it to try and feel positive instead so you you, you mentioned in your notes that you've you've known some people have suffered from burnout that sounds pretty serious. I mean, what what happened there? 
Yes, I think it is something that we see in consultancy, especially with the many factors that I mentioned earlier. Something about the the nature of consultancies, perhaps, because some of them, let's say, are, are focused on making the bucks um, rather than trying to treat people right. Perhaps that is part of it. Working the long hours, trying to do the difficult things, maybe fighting this uphill battle. My take on burnout is that something that accumulates over a long, long period of time, maybe something that would last say, a couple of years, perhaps, it just gradually grows and grows. And eventually people tend to get very irritable. They you know, quite often start making more and more mistakes, um, but be very, very difficult to work with, be very sensitive to criticism, even when maybe you're trying to help them, but they will see it like you're trying to criticize them and so on. And in the end, people quite often just pack up and quit the job. And quite often it tends to be people who are, are very good performance engineers. But the sad thing is that I think people reach a certain phase where the only cure for that kind of thing is to take a break and take a rest. So yes, I have seen it a few times. The saddest part is that quite often when when they do quit, I actually feel a bit quite glad inside, even though there are people that are good for the company, you know, they're very highly skilled, that they're just not good to work with anymore not good to, to have on the team anymore. So I think it's better for them to to take a break, a, as long a break as possible, and then come back refreshed, you know, or, or do whatever they want to do with their careers. I think I came a bit close to that myself, uh, going back over a decade, when I was at that point responsible for the overall performance testing quality in a, a fairly large QA company. So I was looking over about 40 performance testers and I took way too much on myself. So I was involved in sales, marketing, recruitment, training, managing this fairly large team, and then also working as a consultant myself and probably various other things besides. And little by little, I slipped into working more or less a six day week uh, of quite long hours. And looking back again, it's quite easy to see, well, I shouldn't have done that. I should have delegated things, you know, I should have learned to say no. And they should have stuck to, you know, what I really could achieve, you know, in normal working hours and so on. But it's a bit difficult to, to actually achieve that, you know, when you're there in that situation. And eventually, I don't think I burned out. Um, but at one point, I remember thinking, if this goes on, you know, I'm going to just die eventually. And <laughs> eventually, I did actually leave that job. <laughs> It, yes, it, it did occur to me that I thought, well, this is actually affecting my health. So I did leave the job and, and I, I took a, a quite a long period out of work um, and felt much better when I came back. How can we spot that kind of thing? Or what can we do if you think someone is in that situation? Looking back, uh, I, I'm not sure really what I could have done, but I think that managers are really critical uh, in giving advice to, to the people they're managing and probably some better advice would have helped at the time to say you shouldn't be doing all these things etc etc take longer break try you know not working in the evenings and so on it, it's probably something that the managers should be trained a bit more to spot a lot of managers don't really get much training uh, at all but probably uh, i think they would benefit from from knowing what are these signs of people burning out and even if you're not a manager, then probably something you can also spot in your colleagues. 
we most of us know that person who always works long hours and always takes the responsibility doesn't doesn't say no to any task and always has a long queue of tasks to do when we spot that then maybe we should take a closer look and chat to them maybe try to get them to to lessen the workload a little bit aside from burnout what are what are some things that you do for yourself uh, to reduce stress I think there's a lot of generic advice out there, which is actually very good. The kind of things that you will see on social media going around and so on. But some of it will generally work well. So, for example, exercise really works. Going out, taking a break and going for a run or whatever type of exercise uh, does it for you. Lying down works pretty well for me as I'm quite a lazy person. Uh, Recently, I even tried a meditation app. And uh, to my slight surprise, I find that I quite enjoy it and it really, it, it works to calm me down a bit. So I've never even, I don't think I've ever heard of it. What is a meditation app? Well, this particular app, which is called Atom, is a kind of introduction to meditating for people that haven't done it before, like me. So it starts off with a couple of very simple principles and you're supposed to sit there for say a couple of minutes to start with and just focus on something and then gradually just extends it. Uh, it's encouraging you to train your mind a little bit by just observing what you're doing, not by criticizing yourself and become aware of what your body is doing and so on. So uh, yeah, I, I, I've only been trying it for a few weeks, but I certainly find it pretty, pretty enjoyable. I think force yourself to take more breaks. Um, it's easy to sit at the desk, uh, especially in this time when we're always connected. I think that it, to get out of that habit, the most effective thing is to get a routine of some kind, whether it is getting outside at lunchtime uh, or joining some kind of sports club or something like that. So once something is in your routine, uh, then it's easier to keep that up and keep having these breaks all the time. And if you fall out of that routine, then it becomes very difficult. And I think that's why a lot of people have had so many problems working from home uh, in the the COVID times, because they're thrown completely out of their routine and they maybe fall into a, a bad routine of just constantly checking the mails, uh, you know, staying in the house all the time and so on. These routine kind of habits are a good way to lessen the stress. In the UK, for example, uh, it's quite common for people not to take a lunch break or to just take a very short one. You nip out to the sandwich shop, buy a sandwich and eat it on the way back to the desk or even just eat lunch at the desk. It's pretty common. When I moved to Europe, I noticed that this is very rare in, in continental Europe. So uh, most people over here take an hour for lunch. Uh, and this really helps to relax and it, it, in a small way, get a perspective on your day. The problems of the morning Maybe when you come back, you find it's not so bad. Taking a, a break can make you more productive when you come back and possibly uh, it will not lessen your productivity at all. What else would I do? It's important to remind yourself that I will make mistakes sometimes. So a percentage of the time, like all humans, we are, are going to make mistakes. Everybody will do that. And I'm working in performance engineering. If I mess up, no one is going to die. I'm not a surgeon, I'm not an airplane pilot or one of these really high high pressure jobs. So the worst that would happen is that a computer system would die. So it puts it into perspective. Also, 
for people that think uh, the whole world is on their shoulders, it, it's easy to get into that frame of mind. Remind yourself that you took two weeks off work uh, a few months back and everyone survived quite happily without you. Uh, and if you take two weeks off again, the world will still keep turning. Uh, the company will not collapse. So whilst you are important, uh, you're not irreplaceable. The whole world doesn't have to rest on your shoulders. Interesting, you, you mentioned in in our correspondence that quitting social media, um, which is actually something I've done as well, apart from LinkedIn, made a big difference. Yeah, again, it's one of these things that you hear a lot about, but it, it really does work. I think that increasingly people are realizing that social media is a completely false world and has this false appearance of perfection. People only post about the, the good parts, about the when they achieve something. Uh, and I don't see a lot of people posting saying that they, they missed a defect and they ended up in production. So, so if you follow all of these social media apps all the time, then it's really easy to feel like you're falling behind and you're not as good as them. And that's only going to add to stress. I was not huge on social media anyway, but I quit the ones that I was looking at, apart from LinkedIn, because I do like to get the latest news about uh, performance testing world. So, so but I tend to look at it to um, to get the news and so on, rather than to uh, obsess about what everyone else is doing now. What we do instead, uh, I recommend calling up your, your close friends and family uh, and looking at your, your real world social circle, because they're the ones who really care about you in the end. And not, not only that, but they need you as well. So you're actually needed in the real world but for people who need your support and encouragement, uh, as well as the fact that they'll be able to support you the best. Do you have any um, advice specific to the performance engineer around how we can reduce our stress? Yes, I would say one of the factors that we talked about earlier was about this feeling of being alone or not having much support around. So sometimes uh, we could restructure the way we work to, to control that. And if you can do that, I would say try not to work alone. So if there are two of you and you've got two projects to cover, you don't have to necessarily do one each. You could share two projects between two of you or so on to, to scale that upwards. And it can be difficult to bring someone else along uh, in this journey where you're having to dive in and learn everything about a project, everything about an application or a technology. But where I'm working just now, we have got a system of documenting things. So we will document everything that's necessary for for the performance engineering job for each of the projects that we're working on and it concisely so only the things that are very interesting or putting links to things like the architecture and so on so it's all in one place using common standards to so that every project we go on will be the same and we can pick up and run things easily so it is possible to structure a team in that way giving yourself the chance to to work together and to look over what each other are doing so I think this could be one factor. Secondly, trying to build a community. If you're feeling a bit uh, lost and lonely, maybe you don't have immediate colleagues who are on the team with you uh, or in the office with you, but the, there are people out there, whether in your company or even on communities like LinkedIn. So I would say to try to build a community that way and find people out there who are in similar situations to you, 
or who are more experienced but have been in that situation before that you can just talk over issues with. And that's one of the other things that we try to encourage uh, within my company. Lastly, I think it's worth going through and trying to work out all the factors that actually stress you. Is it the fact that it's very, very complex? Is it the fact that there are time pressures? Uh, or what, what is it particularly that stresses you out of all the, the things that we've mentioned? If you can work out what it is that's stressing you, then you can make a plan to work on that, discussing it with your colleagues, your manager, etc. Then try to make a plan of what it is that would help you uh, changing your routine or going on a special training and uh, try and set a target of the thing you want to change and the date that you want to do it by. And you'd probably be surprised by what is possible to change, especially if you you let your manager know that you are stressed. So a lot of the time they actually don't know if you haven't told them. And speaking of managers, uh, what, what role do you think that the organisation um, plays in avoiding burnout and uh, keeping stress under control for, for performance engineers? Uh, yes, I think it plays a, an absolutely massive, massive role. Right the way down from the, the very top of any company, then it's the high level management who is responsible for setting that company culture and agenda. So the way that they choose to set that will reflect the way that the whole company ends up acting. As performance engineers, I think we really need more support from high-level managers, increasing the, the priority that's put on performance, investing a little bit more, then a bit lower down when it comes to kind of middle management or team managers. They need to understand that they need to reduce the pressure on performance engineers, not increase it, especially the pressure of the, the workload, the pressure of trying to cover so many things uh, simultaneously. This is a pressure that I think is only increasing with this continuing transition to agile way of working, the transition that companies are now making to DevOps, where performance testers are in this kind of strange false position. We're not really in the team. We're not inside the agile team, but we're not out of it either. We're kind of hanging around on the outside, wishing that we were in the party. Then <laughs> this, this kind of role gives... Uh, additional pressures uh, and managers probably need to recognize that and, and support that. One, one thing that's very easy for managers to do would be encouraging people to give feedback. So asking people if they are actually feeling okay, uh, encouraging them to speak out if they think they can see a way of improving the way that they work and looking for signs that in general that people are stressed. Then it's not only a thing that's going down the way, say from managers to to their teams but we also have to all look out for our colleagues and encourage them to you know to work in a what we could call a psychologically safe way the senior team members it's really critical to mentor the junior ones not only for the sake of their skills but to help them with the whole the whole psychological aspects of the job how to handle life as a performance engineer which as we've seen is not the most easy thing to do and helping to integrate performance engineers into the team so i think that all of these are kind of organizational roles it's really critical and some companies are, are good at that some companies are not really very good at it so we'll probably see that by talking to different performance engineers at different organizations 
and some of them will report they're very happy, well treated, and other ones they will say quite the opposite. Thank you very much, Alan, for sharing your stories with us here on Performance Time. You can find Alan Gordon on LinkedIn. And if you would like to tell your story on Performance Time, reach out to me, Stephen Townsend, on LinkedIn. Thanks again for tuning in. And as always, this is Performance Time.